Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please support the show by going to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Five bucks a month, you'll get ad-free episodes and exclusive bonus episodes. You hit that please really hard. Do you have a rough month, bud? I know. <laughs> please Listen, support us. All of you, please support <laughs> us. Um how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited for the bonus episode. I have a humdinger to tell you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I will ruin your day very soon with these oh. stories. So oh, I figured that's fun. Yeah. This is a neat relationship that we've established here. Let me ruin your day first with this story out of Missouri. And they are they were debating a bill that basically would ban gender affirming surgeries for minors. Um, And it's sponsored, one of the co-sponsors of this bill is a state senator named Mike Moon. And basically, it would ban healthcare providers from performing transition-related surgeries on minors. They also would not be able to prescribe hormones or puberty-blocking drugs to kids. And just to state the obvious here, both of those things have immense value for trans kids. They are not just prescribed on a whim Uh, Trans kids cannot just walk in and get those. And so they were debating this bill where Republicans are trying to override the expert opinions of healthcare providers, all just because they like being cruel. But that point of like, why are you doing this? And and the answer is always, well, we're we're doing this to protect the kids. Mm -hmm. A Democratic state representative, Peter Meredith, wanted to make that point during the floor debate And he pointed out that one of the co-sponsors of this bill, Mike Moon, doesn't actually care about supporting the kids. And I'm going to play you a clip here that I want you to hear. And here's the setup for it. He's trying to explain that, really, you, Republican Mike Moon, you want to do this to protect the kids? Because we know what you said a couple of years ago when it came to kids. And uh, the first voice you're going to hear is the Democrat. And at the near the end of the clip, you will hear Mike Moon chiming in. I will let you listen to what it is he said. But again, first voice you hear is the Democrat. I've heard you talk about parents' rights to raise their kids how they want. In fact, I just double-checked. You voted no on making it illegal for kids to be married to adults <laughs> at the age of 12 if their parents consented to it. You said, actually, that should be the law because it's the parents' right and the kids' right to decide what's best for them, to be raped by an adult. Okay? Do you know any kids who have been With married marriage. at age 12? That any, was the law. You, know you voted kids? not to change it. Do you know any kids who have been married at age 12? I, I, I don't need to. I do. Uh, and guess what? They're still married. John. <gasps> oh, no. So just to spell out what they just said... A few years ago, there was a law that would have changed the state law to change like a the age of marriage was legal at like 15 in Missouri. And they were like, why don't we change that to 16? 
which I know it's still young. Mm-hmm. And but it said if you're 16 or 17, you still need your parents' permission. It's a little better, but it's still very disturbing. And Mike Moon opposed it because he felt that any child, child children as young as 12, ought to be allowed to get married with their parents' permission. And what you heard him say in that clip is that I know someone who got married at 12 and they are still married. And then he clarified later, Mm -hmm. it wasn't in the clip, but he clarified not an adult to a 12-year-old, like a 12-year-old to another child. And now they're older and everything is fine. Which, to be clear, horrible answer all around. Okay. (laughs) Holy shit. Okay. I want to start by saying that truly it is so telling to me when these people say that if they are still married, it means everything's good and hunky-dory. I mean, even if you're an adult... And uh, yeah, truly. you're yeah, still is, married, honestly, it doesn't mean everything's yeah, okay. Truly, this is like an, a full-on <laughs> argument I've had with my dad. That he's like, divorce is always sad and bad and whatever. And I was like, no, it's okay for things to end. It's okay if something isn't working out anymore to walk away from it. That's fine. Um, it's so, like the sunk cost fallacy in real life. Truly. Like, oh, my God. That's exactly what it you is. You don't have to keep it going yeah. if it's not working. Yeah. And I promise you, and I, I have not personally oh, exactly experienced this in co- my yeah. family, but like speaking on behalf of kids whose parents have gotten divorced, I promise you staying together for the sake of the kids uh, does not make the kids feel better. Ain't it. <laughs> that ain't it, fam. Um, so sorry, I said fam. But, um, in, but in this case, he's saying these kids got fuck. married and they're, and they're still together. Does he have a specific thing or is he just doing the I have black friends thing? No, he said he knew somebody who got okay. married. I don't know who this just person Just like is. he has many black friends. Exactly. He just can't think of their but names the right is, now. But the thing is, the point you were making about like just because they're together doesn't necessarily mean they're happy. Mm-hmm. The people who were children when they got married or just let's broaden it out. People who got married young, like let's say they were 18 and 19, Mm -hmm. like there is more pressure on them to stay married, maybe for religious reasons or cultural reasons. And it's that much harder. And like, they didn't even realize necessarily what they were stepping into when it happened. So like saying that this kid who got married, who's not seeking divorce later on, that is not a, Defense of child marriage. Wow. I it's so funny because I was just having a conversation today about, you know, I, I'm teaching writing lessons now and I work with a lot of teenage girls, right? That's sort of the primary horse girl demographic is teenage girls. And it is so challenging to deal with teens because they are just emotionally much less developed than grown-ass adults. That's not a criticism. That's just sort of biology. And I, every time I hear about a dude wanting to date a 13-year-old or a 15-year-old or a 17-year-old... A dude being roughly how old? Anybody over 25. Three who wants to date a teenager, that freaks me. The like, I'm not saying there aren't mature teenagers, but like, (laughs) 
truly, the, uh, what are you talking to? The like, truly, yeah. If you're 23 the, and you're like, my girlfriend's in if, high school. She's yeah. 18 though. Like, you it's go see legal. My girlfriend. She's the understudy in the ha- High School Musical. Yeah. I still have questions. Yeah. I'm not questioning the legality of it. I'm questioning what the hell's going on in your lives yeah. that you feel like you're in the same place right well, now. Well, and and what we what I have understood to be the case is men tend to date younger and younger women (laughs) as they as women their age peers realize they have nothing to give so like you know a idiot who's 35 who lives on his own and isn't doing anything particularly good is like half our listening audience yeah yeah it's me (laughs) but but like that yeah like you have to bring something through to relationships. So if you have nothing going on in your life and nothing, <laughs> no personality or skills or kindness or like physical attraction or nothing, you're going to have to keep going younger and younger bef- until you find somebody with standards low enough because <laughs> Lord knows these Jeez. dudes are not going to like self improve. No, they're going to the just go younger and younger until they get to a girl who hasn't figured out his tricks. Yeah. Mike Moon later clarified, besides clarifying that, no, 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 it wasn't. Moon is an outstanding name, by the way. It's Uh, too bad. He was like, you guys, it's not an adult marrying a 12-year-old. Here's what happened, you all. Some child impregnated, I'm quoting, impregnated a minor of similar age. Their parents said they should get married and he said, they are still married today. That, to him, They're is the happy story. They're 15 years old now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> married like, three years. Let's Couldn't suppose Let's suppose they're all 40 now. You're still defending the idea that because they did not have an abortion mm-hmm. when this girl was 12, and because she married the hypothetical, like, 13-year-old boy, we should all be okay with that scenario today. Always. Like it's just and by the way, remember, they're not discussing a bill about child marriage. They're discussing a bill about hurting trans kids. Right. And it deviated into this discussion of, hey, Republican who says you want to protect children, you're cool with child marriage. Well, what I thought was interesting is when he kept saying, Do you know any twelve year olds who got married? Do you know any twelve year olds who got married? I do. And when he said like I thought where he was going with that was they don't get married. It doesn't actually oh. happen. <laughs> we just think that it should be the right of people. That's genuinely right. where I thought he was going, which would be less despicable. Sure. It's bad. Still very, very, very bad. But, but less despicable than being like, oh, yeah, a tween got raped and then married her rapist and had a baby before her body was fully developed. And they're still married. And definitely not because they don't have the emotional maturity to understand what they've gotten themselves into. I, You're right. Uh, I was trying to think of, like, what was going through my head when I was 12? And it's like, one, you for a lot of people, you don't have much of a childhood at that point or it's been non a Mm non-issue it was pretty standard but you have nothing to there's no growing up involved you just lived a typical childhood you haven't been through some shit right also you barely have had time to develop crushes Mm -hmm. if you're 12 you probably haven't gone through any breakup that matters at 12 or puberty so why should we assume they have the maturity to understand their options as wedded adults but the point and like here's the thing oh oh i forgot to mention Ah. this missouri Bans divorces from being finalized if a woman or a girl is pregnant. So, like, 
This oh is the law as it Christ. stands. These people hate women so much their eyes must cross. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So just to be, just to be clear here, uh-huh. Mike Moon mm-hmm. says a 12-year-old girl mm-hmm. is capable of getting married mm-hmm. and having kids. Happily married, Hammett. But a 16-year-old trans girl who's seen a doctor for several months should have no say in getting gender-affirming care that could prevent depression. That it, it's not even surgery. Like no, it could it's, just set and we her know these up things. for help in the future, like success in the future, because she'll make it to adulthood. It, that's the thing is, and, and this will always make me crazy. And it's always going to be the biggest like blight in the face of conservative Christianity writ large. Is that we know what works. We know what stops abortions. We know. We know what you know, prevents, I mean, basically unwanted pregnancies, STDs, these kids having sex without knowing what they were doing. See, once again, spring awakening, always <laughs> relevant, written in fucking 1870, still relevant. Um, the, I don't know. I just don't, this guy, I, I don't understand why they are more interested in fighting in tilting at windmills than they are, helping human living breathing human beings that's what is always going to be really hard for me to i mean isn't that the question for the entire republican party oh, like 100%. why are you getting so distracted by a trans person in a budweiser commercial yeah that's the whole week it's been that Truly. instead of helping people because they're they're not interested in using the government to help people they're using whatever platform and power they have to hurt the people who are not on their team already. Mm-hmm. Mike Moon, by the way, his campaign website, he's a believer in Jesus Christ. What? He met his own wife, by the way, not in elementary school, but at Baptist Bible College. Mm-hmm. And he's now a member of High Street Baptist Church in Missouri, where he serves as deacon, Sunday school teacher, and on several oh, mission committees. Children. Yeah, maybe he's done some weddings for children. Who knows? Yeah. By the way, I, that name sounded familiar to me, and I had to like, where, where did I hear this guy before? And Were you know what the answer is? Keith Moon, like great drummer no. of the Who. No, oh. like a decade ago. No, it was like five or six years ago. Not forever ago. Okay. This guy made headlines because he posted a video to Facebook where he slaughtered a chicken on camera and then pulled out its heart for mm. all viewers to watch. Why? Why? What was he trying to do? He was trying to make some point about abortion. I don't remember what that point was. Oh, my God. He was just a crazy dude who, like, murdered an animal on Facebook Live. Jesus Christ. That's when he was a state representative. Now he's sure, a state we gotta senator. Sure, we got to promote this guy. Yep. Um, I want to be clear that I eat meat, so I'm fine with <laughs> Obviously, like, I can't be like, oh, my God, he killed a chicken. Like, that's life. Doing it on screen is fucked up. And then and pulling an Indiana it, Jones that, <laughs> sort of... Have move. I ever told you the story the first time I saw Indiana? That, wh- which one is that? That which was Temple of Temple Doom. Temple of Doom. I was at my neighbor's, gr- like, three houses down. And we were watching that. And, like, she was the youngest by a lot. So we were always watching inappropriate. Like, she's the one who, like, taught me what, like, sex was. Because she had very, very old siblings who had no filters. Anyway, so we're watching that. I'm probably six. And that motherfucker reaches into the guy's chest and pulls out his heart. And I screamed. (laughs) I ran out the open sliding glass door and ran home to my house. I just fucking bolted. (laughs) I was like, no, not today, Satan. (laughs) It scared the ever-loving fuck out of me. 
this guy is a motherfucker, eh? I Jesus think that, Christ. For what it's worth, I think the anti-trans bill, which is what that was all about, um, it did pass because Missouri is run by Republicans. So there's that. This is so horrifying. Um, let's talk about, since we speaking of horrifying, let's talk <laughs> about the Dalai Lama. Here's what happened with him this week, which was wild. Um, This made news this week, but it happened in February. The Dalai Lama hosted about 120 students who completed some leadership training sponsored by the India-based M3M Foundation. I don't know what they do. Leadership training. Whatever. Fine. The event, which was in the Dalai Lama's home city of uh, Dharamshala, there was a video that clip Mm -hmm. that went viral this week. And basically, you know how maybe you've seen this. I've seen this. Sometimes the Pope is doing like a Q and a with a group of young people. I've never seen this. I've seen a couple of these, but they'll pass the mic around like videos. Oh, it's all I do. Um, and like, whatever you can ask the Pope a question and he answers it. I've never seen the Dalai Lama do it, but this is what he was doing. And a little kid, adorable little kid. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) A cute little kid. Add a question for the Dalai Lama. They bring him the mic. And he's like, can I give you a hug? Or can you give me a hug? Very cute. And they translate this for the Dalai Lama. And he's like, like, come up here. Like, and you see the hug happen. Or, like, that's what was supposed to happen. And so that person? would not have been weird. Good. So here's what actually happened at this point. The boy goes on stage to get his hug, which would have been adorable. The Dalai Lama told the boy to kiss his cheek first before hugging him, which, okay, maybe it's a cultural thing. But, like, whatever. They hug. It's a little long, but it's a hug. Fine. Then the Dalai Lama points to his lips and tells the boy to kiss him pulling him in close to do so which again let's hypothetically chalk this up to a cultural thing then the dalai lama like stuck out his tongue (gasps) which is a traditional greeting in tibet and then he basically asked the boy to suck his tongue which is not a traditional greeting in tibet or anywhere else and here's the thing um The boy, you could see in the video, and I watched the video, the boy gets close enough that their foreheads touch, but you could tell from body language, boy's not interested in doing this, and nothing happened, like, of that. And then, as if he was just joking the whole time, the Dalai Lama pulls away and then tells the boy, make sure in your future you align with those who create peace and happiness and avoid people who are violent. Then they hug one more time. Everyone's laughing and cheering. And there is laughter. And the whole video was... Again, this Why happened in February. Laughing? I don't what was know. The joke? They were cheering for the happy answer about, like, oh. be around good people. But my take of watching that is no one was disturbed by what they just saw. So... A clip of that began going viral this week, about two months after the incident happened. And you can hear the Dalai Lama, like, you could see him stick out his tongue. You could hear him tell the boy to suck his tongue, which doesn't happen, but that was weird. And then this week on Monday, the Dalai Lama's office released this statement. I will read it to you. Uh, This isn't the entire statement. It's the relevant part. A video clip has been circulating that shows a recent meeting where a young boy asked His Holiness the Dalai Lama if he could give him a hug. His Holiness wishes to apologize to the boy and his family, as well as his many friends across the world, for the hurt his words may have caused. Interjecting here, I assume by words he means suck my tongue. 
And then the last line here, his holiness often teases people he meets in an innocent and playful way, even in public and before cameras. He regrets the incident. And I just, that's such a weird statement to me for a bunch of reasons. One, if you're going to apologize, you should like tell people what you are apologizing for. You can't just issue like a, you guys, I'm sorry, I regret what happened. Bye, peace out. Like, no, it doesn't mention what the Dalai Lama did that Uh he's apologizing for. It alludes to something, but he's like, to to say that, you know, you guys were hurt by my words and and you're hurt by the uh, feelings like my words may have caused you. Right. Like, I'm sorry you were offended by me just playing around and teasing. Like, not how to do an apology. Can I posit that perhaps he might be, you know, feeling his age mentally. Uh, his age has, being 87. Yeah, he's been Dalai Lama since 1904. Uh, since he was two months old, something like that. Yes. Yeah, like crazy. 1940, um, I think. And the thing that I was bothered by with the apology is like, it dismisses what he did as playful teasing that you people didn't understand without any expressed understanding of why people might be disturbed by what he did. Yeah. And also, again, I'm watching this, and hypothetically, best case scenario here, let's suppose he didn't mean anything sexual by it. It was just a thing. He thought he was joking, and it totally did not get... it was totally lost in translation. I'm not, not I'm not, yeah, it's not a joke. I'm not defending any of this, oh. but let's say it really was as he says he intended it. Um, how many adults watch this happen in real time, standing a few feet away from the Dalai Lama this right. whole time? None of them said anything. None of them did anything in that moment. Cause they have to have assumed this was all playful teasing as well. No one's bothered by it. And again, I'm not expecting the boy to say anything because he's a child. Right. But where are the adults here to step in and say, you know what? This is probably a bad idea. Uh, That's yucky. Just go away. That is disturbing. Can guys just like calm the fuck down? Mm -hmm. Like y'all are running wild out here. And like you're... this isn't some politician who's been on the stage for like a month. This is a guy who's been on the global stage literally for literally his entire life. Um, and again, if it this occurs were... to me, I don't know what the fuck the Dalai Lama is or does. Spiritual leader of you like Tibetan Buddhism. That's all I got for you. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that this tradition may not have translated well, I don't... The fact that that was lost on everybody in his orbit, that's troubling to me if this were a politician if this were a random dude on the street if this were the pope like i think there would be massive outrage predictably it justifiably mm-hmm. how many and here's the thing about all of this how many stories have we talked about on this show have we heard mm-hmm. about religious leaders who did absolutely inappropriate things in the name of faith mm-hmm. always saying i was just joking i didn't mean anything yeah. by it like all those grand jury reports involving catholic priests they mm-hmm. are full of stories of clergy members who basically made kids perform certain acts they were 
quote unquote innocent at first before they got truly of awful. Of course, it's called but like even Yeah, but all that stuff that happened, like they knew what they were doing. It was small. It was what they considered to be innocent, mm-hmm. but it clearly wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even going out of my way here to say the Dalai Lama was trying to do any of that stuff. But like at this point, where have you been for 20 years that you don't recognize this right. may come off the wrong way? It's just, no, I, I really wonder if he had like a, like if he's dealing with dementia or something, because that's just such a bananas thing. It is. And is everyone in his orbit suffering from dementia? Like, I don't, I genuinely uh, do not think he was trying to like get aroused this way. I don't think no. he thought this was sexual. I am deeply troubled by the fact that everyone in his inner circle who saw an act that someone had to know this could be easily construed as sexual and no one seemed to care to put a stop to it in the moment. They just watched it happen. And had we not seen the clip two months later, no one would have known about this, which makes me wonder, has he done this before that he thought this was a normal thing to do? I don't know. And all of this because a perfectly fine child has a perfectly fine, cute, yeah. question like hey you're the most famous person one of them in the world can right. i get a hug from you that should not have been the moment you get on the global stage and whatever this kid's life is now going to be this i mean thankfully his name isn't out there Ugh, but like disturbing so weird listen if you're a religious leader of any religion just uh, chill yeah. uh, can you just fucking chill for once Please. just chill I'm going to go to a story that actually is somewhat positive. Uh, this, With spring finally in view, you might be thinking about inviting over some friends for an outdoor meal. I know I'm looking forward to that. And that means you should be thinking about ButcherBox. You can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. The food is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. More than anything, it'll give you peace of mind knowing everyone who eats it will enjoy it. You get free shipping, too. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a whole year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com friendly and use code friendly to choose your free offer and get $20 off. This is a Pew Research Center survey that came out this week. And if you think of uh, Hispanic, Latino, Americans, I'll use those words interchangeably here for my ease. Um, I used I would generally say, oh, most of them are probably Catholic. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that was true. If you go back to like 2010, 67% of U.S. Latinos, which is the terminology they're using in this survey, 67% were Catholic as of 2010. Only 10% were religiously unaffiliated. Okay. That seems about right. That's kind of the, if you asked me to guess, that's probably what I would have guessed. What came out this week that was surprising to me is those two numbers, those shares of those numbers, have gone completely out of the window. Now, today, 43% of U.S. Latinos are Catholic. 43, it's dropped from 67 to 43. And the religiously unaffiliated U.S. Latinos, gone from 10% in 2010 to 30% today. 
30% nuns, wow. 30% religiously unaffiliated, 43% Catholic. And those are the only two groups that really shifted in any meaningful way. Interesting. Yeah, fascinating, which means like Hispanic Americans are basically ditching Catholicism slowly and steadily. And it's not that they're moving to a different type of Christianity. They're just leaving religion. They're just leaving organized religion altogether. Here's another interesting thing. Um, they ask people, what was your childhood religion and what is your current religion? And when it comes to Catholics, 65% of U.S. Latinos said they were raised in Catholicism. Say that again? 65%. 65%. Okay. But today only 43% are Catholic, which means... 23% of them said they left their religion. Only 1% of people said they joined Catholicism. It's a net exodus yeah. of 22%. What about religiously unaffiliated? 13% said, I was not raised with any religion growing up, but that's 30% today. And that is hmm. a 20% of people who said, I became non-religious. Only 3% said they found God. <laughs> like a net gain of 17% there. So basically, Catholics are struggling to keep U.S. Latinos in the fold mm. because they're all leaving to join nothing. Is they're this just leaving the, altogether. I don't know if you know off the top of your head, is this the largest chunk of like single population to leave Like in comparison to you know, Irish Catholics or, you know. You know what? I don't have those numbers in front of me. This study was specific about U.S. Latinos and their religion. I'd, I'd be very interested to see like if it's evangelical. Like disproportionately high compared to, I would be curious. to white Catholics. I, I feel like if we're talking about U.S. Latinos, because they were so heavily religious as recently as 2010, it's not like, I mean, they could only go down. Like yeah. that drop had to happen because right. it's not like they could go up very much. And I would assume that demographic is more religious than a lot of other ones. Mm. So like if you ask me about uh, black Americans mm -hmm. as well, I would imagine, yeah, you're going to see a drop in Protestants right. it's and a rise in nuns too. Across the board. Um, but uh, I asked Dr. Juhem Navarro Rivera, who writes about atheism and secular uh, politics, like, what do you think about all this? Why are they leaving Catholicism? What he told me um, is basically this is the generation raised after the church scandals came to light at the beginning of this sure. century. Um, now, the beginning of the century, Christ, we're old. <laughs> I know, I know, 20 some years ago. Yeah. And it's not a small number. And then, and then. If you break this down, U.S. Hispanics, U.S. Mm -hmm. Latinos, if you break it down by age, even wilder, what percent do you think of Latinos ages 18 to 29 mm. are non-religious, religiously unaffiliated? What percent? Again. It was 40% across the board? It was all 40, ages rather? 43% across the board. I'm going to say it's 76%. It's tempting, right? It's 49%. Oh. Uh, because there are just okay, you shouldn't more have of guess. them. I know. <laughs> you set um, me up for failure. Only 30% of them are Catholic. Like half, half of young Latinos have no religious affiliation. And meanwhile, my understanding is that the Latinx population is increasing according to white Republicans. So, Which means they are more younger. So, like the so they're growing younger, part they're of less them. religion, yep. and they're a bigger part of our demographic. Yep. All good news. And, and the U.S.-born Latinos are more mm. non-religious than those who immigrated here or mm. came here. So. It's so interesting how the harder 
people try to push religion on the country, the worse it seems to be doing. I, I'm seriously, one. I wonder that all the time when it comes to all the, I mean, all the anti-trans stuff we're seeing now, mm-hmm. that's faith-based, usually. All, definitely all the anti-abortion stuff we're seeing mm-hmm. is faith-based. And you have to wonder what the backlash is going to be. I've already heard plenty of stories about this is, we saw it with the judge in Wisconsin last week on the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Like, the backlash, like, even a lot of Republicans are not happy with the anti-abortion stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing that backlash. You have to wonder how much it's going to hurt organized religion because yeah. the largest, most powerful religious groups are all in support of the same stuff. And this is what I was questioning with the uh, this Latino survey because, okay, church scandals, yeah, you're going to want to leave ca- the Catholic church because of that. But also keep this in mind. If you look at the trends of religion in general in the country, think about like how white evangelicals and a good chunk of the Catholic Church and the hierarchy have allied themselves with the Republican Party mm-hmm. in recent years. And what is the Republican Party? For the four years before Biden, the leader of the Republican Party, Trump, mm-hmm. he called some Mexican immigrants rapists. Mm. This is a guy who posted a picture of himself eating a taco bowl on Cinco de Mayo. So embarrassing. He insisted that a Mexican judge couldn't possibly treat him fairly. Mm -hmm. And there's the whole border wall thing, Mm -hmm. downplaying his other racist remarks. And here's the thing. Republicans have gained shares of the Latino vote in the last presidential Mm -hmm. election, partly because they had nowhere to go but up. But also it may be localized. Like Republicans in Florida, where there are a lot of Latinos, yeah, the Republicans did really well with that that demographic. Mm-hmm. Parts of Texas, also true. But younger Latino voters, even if they don't identify as Democrats, they're definitely voting mm-hmm. for them. And they seem to understand the GOP is not working in our best interests when you talk about like DACA, the DREAM Act, things like that. And the Christians who support Republicans don't give a damn about their community either. And um, Juhem Navarro Rivera also told me, how could Democrats, I asked him, like, could Democrats do anything with this information? He said, if they deliver on social justice, mm-hmm. the environment and economic opportunity, mm-hmm. um, they could actually make pretty big inroads with this demographic. And then he added, these are the Democrats, so they'll probably squander sure. the chance. Yeah, which, you gotta <laughs> fumble the ball. Uh-huh. Otherwise, it's not exciting. I'm also curious, like, Religion is such a part of Hispanic culture that I would Mm. imagine it's really hard to walk away because, again, we've said this about African-Americans, too. Like, it's not enough to just say, here are the contradictions in the Bible, so you should be an atheist now. It's if you turn your back on God for in a lot of ways, it feels like you're turning your back on your culture, which you don't want to do. And that is a reason a lot of people don't necessarily call themselves atheists. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of want to know, like. These numbers show non-religiosity is on the rise, but I wonder if that's actually an underestimate. Mm. But, and also, if you have a lot of young Latinos growing up without religion and they're comfortable with that, Mm -hmm. what happens when they start having children where it becomes even more normalized? That's going to spike up even more, the percentage. So I, I don't know. Like, has the culture... Become, I'm not, this is a rhetorical question. Has their culture become more accepting of atheism in the U.S.? Mm. Or has giving up the culture or that aspect of it just become an acceptable trade-off because of the harm caused by organized religion and the politics that go along with it? Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to wonder how the GOP thinks they're ever going to get a young person to vote for them again. I really think that they have been, like, skating off this opinion that, like, okay, millennials will get more conservative as they get older, just like we did, but failed to understand that 
millennials weren't set up for success the way that boomers were. And so we're not wealthy now. And so we don't have money to protect. So... Again, it's the same thing, at, like, we talk about this all the time, is they're just continually trying to, like, narrow narrow cast who they're talking to, and they're going to do that out of existence, And right? they talk like they're speaking in a right-wing bubble. Like, the language mm-hmm. you hear on a Fox, like, nighttime, primetime show right. doesn't sound like any conversation most people have. It only makes sense within their, like, mega bubble. Yeah. Like, where you say woke every third word. Right. And you get mad about the dumbest shit. Like, most people don't want to see their library shut down because you don't like a book that happens to be in it, but that's what they're going for. Mm -hmm. Most people don't want to see extreme total bans on abortion. Is it lowest common denominator that they're going for? Or is it just a race to the bottom? Race to their base, which Mm -hmm. their base is shrinking and shrinking. And again, it just, if you're trying to run a statewide campaign Mm -hmm. or a national campaign, you need to get more voters who have no dog in the fight. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to go beyond your bubble, and they're doing nothing. Yeah. Doesn't mean they'll lose. No, I mean, we're talking about Democrats being the alternative. So, like... Right, eh. I mean... Right. But... I just... It's it's kind of an interesting... I, I've seen, especially since the um, that elections in Wisconsin, I feel like I've seen a little more pro-clutching from the GOP. Like, hey, gang, like... We really went all in on this anti-abortion thing, and Kellyanne Conway was on Fox News saying like young people are not liking this stuff, ah. and it's like, oh, you've become so self-aware. You know. Congratulations! So you do yeah. know. Maybe you should like. So you guys are all going to change your policies to be less extreme, right? No, and they're no, like, no, 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 no. It's no, the th- kids who are wrong. That's right. Yeah. So I don't know. Wow, it's just. It's, and I want to be very clear. I'm not optimistic because I have lived in America since the year of Lord 1985. And God knows I haven't had a lot of reason to be optimistic. However, it does seem like... Don't get hopeful. I'm not Stop getting... It. I just said I'm not getting hopeful. But it does seem like the GOP is like collapsing in on itself like a dying star. See, I've been thinking that for 20 years and I'm wrong every yeah, time. Yeah, but... They're losing big elections that they that are that should be gimmies. They should have had a gimme for that D bag on the they Supreme Court in Wisconsin. Every time I think it's a gimme, then some new state or some new candidate just finds a way to show me. I just I'm don't. An idiot. I just don't know how they can keep doing these like transgressive policies. And it feels very much like first they came for the Jews and I didn't say anything because yeah. I was a Jew. Like, it does feel like they are, like, vilifying more and more groups of people. And eventually, <laughs> like, it's yeah. you. Like, you're... They're currently you. going after beer drinkers. Who, I mean, yeah, and they'll I go after country music at Facebook some point. a Facebook thing where a dude put tampons with the Bud Light things. <laughs> Yeah, just the, what does that mean though? Nothing. Is the question it's, is what does it mean? And he did not only that, he put Bud Light cases in the fucking tampon aisle. Do these people have jobs? No, they just post memes all day. All they do is put more and more bumper stickers on their car yeah. and put bigger and bigger flags on the back of their truck mm-hmm. and moving shit around a Walmart that some person who's getting paid thirteen dollars <laughs> an hour has to fix. Jesus Christ, gang, get it together. Figure it out. One day. 
Uh, so speaking, that seems like a good segue. So check this out. In the uh, Loudoun County Public Schools in Virginia, there is a teacher there. Sorry if I mispronounced the county. There is a teacher at a public high school in the county who insists that she should be allowed to sign all her work emails. Oh, boy. With John 316 in the signature line. I think the actual full verse spelled out about Jesus gave his whatever. Jesus God so loved, God so loved the world begotten, he gave his only begotten, begotten son, son, blah, blah, blah. No one cares. And so she wants to put <laughs> really that in every <laughs> single email. And the Christian right group Liberty Council is representing her. And they sent a very angry letter to the school district where they're saying. Is it public school, yeah? Public school. Uh, and they're saying, like, you have to allow her to put John 316 in her emails. Why? Because you allow other district employees to include pronouns in their emails. That's literally their argument. Here's what they said. Um, Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Do they think that clarifying my gender is the same thing as preaching to somebody about... That is correct. Listen, for the Lord if, so loved the world if, that he gave his only begotten son. If you're a lawyer for Liberty Council, forever? you have taken a very bad turn in your life. And so this is what <laughs> they end up with. Um, you've made mistakes. You've made so many mistakes. Basically, their argument is if other teachers are allowed to include anything personal in their email signatures, like pronouns, then this teacher ought to be able to promote her religion and not allowing her to do so is unconstitutional. But to be clear, and this is the school's argument, Mm -hmm. putting like harmless quotations, like inspirational quotations in email signatures, Mm -hmm. which some teachers do, doesn't interfere with their responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Identifying pronouns is just identifying information like including a phonetic pronunciation after your name mm-hmm. it's not there to say hey everyone i'm voting for this person it's to help you out mm-hmm. when you're contacting me mm-hmm. it's there to benefit people who may not know who their kids teacher is when you're talking to them like if you see that as a promotion of some liberal agenda that's your problem and a sign that you're addicted to like tucker carlson not a sign that, like, some teacher is woke. Mm. Um, Liberty Council also pointed out, like, they are, they're citing Supreme Court decisions left and right, trying to say, we have the right idea here. And one of the things they cited was a recent case, we talked about it when it happened, in the city of Boston, where outside their city hall, they had, like, three flags Oh, the up. Christian flag. And they said, we have, like, two flags that are guaranteed, and then people can apply for the third one. Mm-hmm. And they said no to a Christian flag because right. they say we don't do religious flags here. But they did a gay pride flag. And the Supreme Court basically said if you allow any flag like a gay pride flag, which they did, you can't say no to any other flag. So Liberty Council, and I don't love that, that decision, like but that is what they said. Decision. But Liberty Council is saying, see, so if you allow teachers to include anything else in their email signatures, then you have to allow ours to preach religion. And the school's saying, like, we're not allowing them to post anything that you can't say, this is who you sh- who I vote for. This is my political party. Yeah. Like putting a non-offensive quotation, like that it's whatever. So, it's I just can't imagine. Like I have email signatures, right? Like I have my name in the nest. Like this my email signature is not my place to have some fun and be creative. Like this is <laughs> such like just can we just be adults for like a fucking second? And the teacher also said when the school said you can't put that in your email signature, she said, Well, I have another one, Proverbs twenty two six, train up a child in Man. the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
which is the verse that's used to justify child beating Man, among I feel evangelicals. Like you don't understand what our objection yeah. is <laughs> here. True. It's not that 316 specifically isn't great. It's really the Bible. Yeah. Also, Can I tell you my favorite part about that? I hate raise up as a uh, yeah, train up. Train up. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, when Liberty Council tried to make that point, like mm-hmm. she offered another verse. You said no to that too. They said it was Proverbs 23, 6, Ooh. which I'm like, that ain't the verse. And you know what Proverbs 23, 6 is? Tell me. Do not eat the food of a begrudging host. Do not crave his delicacies, which would be a weird thing for any teacher to write in an email signature, period. I'm just saying, I know, the, I know the Bible better than Liberty Council Should does because no one noticed Bible? that. No. No. It seems so boring, but like, what's my little nuggets like that come up? Like, I God know. really oh, wanted to make sure everybody even... was like, hey, gang, if, you're, if your host is in a crabby mood, don't eat his food. But this is important. Don't worry about raping, okay? This means the 12-year-old married child who decided to Ugh. work at Liberty Council at 13 doesn't even check Bible verses uh. before dashing off an angry letter. Um, Anyway, here's what the district has said. Occasional use of the district's email address for personal reasons is permitted under their policies if it does not interfere with the teacher's responsibilities to the district. That makes sense. His understanding, according to the school, is that the teacher is not including religious quotes in only her private correspondence, but also uses these religious quotes in her communications to students and their parents in her capacity as an employee. These are not private expression, but rather constitute school-sponsored speech bearing the ostensible endorsement of the school district, basically. So they're not barring her religious viewpoint. Right. I mean, they didn't say this. I'm saying this. I'm sure they have plenty of Christians in their school district. They're just trying to have a consistent approach and allowing people to put their religious beliefs on full display is not going to be good for anybody. Um, Other teachers are not allowed to promote Satanism or atheism or Islam or their political beliefs. But this teacher and Liberty Council doesn't think the same rules should apply to Christians. I guess my question is, like, does that mean I can go to work tomorrow and paint, like, Hail Satan on the wall and be like, well, it's not... It's like on just, your desk in your office Yeah, somewhere. like, it, it's it's not appropriate. It doesn't matter what it said. It's inappropriate to write something somewhere. And I, I don't understand why saying school policy says you can you need this is what your signature looks like this and nothing yeah. else the closest analog i can think of probably different cuz yours is not a government job uh, right oh it's a it's an association sure so like the closest analog i can think of is like if you go to a city uh clerk's office cuz mm-hmm. you got to pay a bill or mm-hmm. whatever um there have been instances where some clerk like kim davis or something sure. like that might have a bible verse like, on the wall or something. And it's like, look, if you have it at your desk, we're probably not going to care about it. And no one's yeah. filing a lawsuit. FFRF is not angry about that. Mm-hmm. But if you have it on the wall of the office where all the customers who come to the window can see, because that's a problem. Because you work now for the government. You, you work for the government, and that looks like government-sponsored religion. And that's a school's argument. Like, putting yep. your religious on, religion school, on yeah. display at public school... It comes off as an endorsement. Just if it's at her desk or something, they're not going to care. Yeah. It's, uh, but this is not a private thing. This is a public thing she's doing. So mm. here's the question now. The school has said, yeah, we see your complaint. We don't care because yeah. we're doing this right. The question now is, will Liberty Council sue and their army of 12-year-old lawyers sue? 
right now, they haven't said what they're going to do. I don't think they have a case for what it's worth. I just but... have no idea what, truly, unless every other teacher has, like, hang loose or, like, a little phrase, like a, a yearbook even, quote under their thing. But even those thing. do not interfere with their no, job no, and would not. But but if that was the case, that like, everybody, you get, like, a little yearbook quote yeah. thing on your thing and hers was religious. If that was the case, okay, I can see where there is some Everyone disconnect. Everyone gets to post something. Right, but not you. Mm-hmm. But this is just like, no, you don't, again, again, this goes back to like COVID. You don't just get to do whatever the fuck you want because you're Christian. That's just not how the world works. Unless you are part I of that mega base. Um, I'm going to jump to this somewhat happy story. Uh, this one, ex- this one made me happy. Um, Dr. Mackenzie Listrup, hope I'm pronouncing that right. She just became the first ever female director of NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center. Cool. Very cool. This is the research lab that develops unmanned spacecraft. So mm. the James Webb Telescope, sure. the Hubble Telescope, has a budget of like $4 billion. Mm-hmm. And she is the right person for the job. I mean, if you look at her resume, which goes on forever, um, doctorate in astrophysics, mm. to say the least, has previously was the vice president and general manager of civil space at Ball Aerospace, uh, where she handled their stuff like this. Mm -hmm. So, like, very impressive resume. No one's denying the qualifications for this job. Good for her. Very cool. And she's the first woman to lead this whole agency. Fantastic. Here's the thing they did. So I'm reading the press release that NASA puts out because, hey, we have a new leader of this thing. And they mention, like, hey, she's also the first woman to take on this job. Very cool. And then they have the picture of the NASA administrator uh, swearing her in. Because mm. everyone who has a government job running an agency, you take that. Um, and you they don't say anything in the press release. No. But they have the picture. And yeah. if you zoom in on the picture and you say she has her hand on a book and she's other hands up in the air saying the oath. What book is her hand on in the picture? And I'm sure you've seen this headline. I actually did see this. But what I don't know book? which. I know. Is it Cosmos? It's Carl Sagan's Cosmos? It is Cosmos? a Carl Sagan book. It's Pale Blue Dot. Oh. And that would be the book that has basically the whole premise of the title there mm-hmm. is that uh, the Voyager 1 space probe in 1990 took a picture from outer space and it just looks like space crap. And then in the middle of the space crap, you see like this pale blue dot and what Sagan wrote memorably oh, it's so in that good. book. Look at that dot. That is here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you've ever heard of, every human being who ever was lived out their lives, the aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, dot, 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 dot. Every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a moat of dust suspended Mm. in a sunbeam. Basically, it's the antithesis of the Bible because it suggests we're not the center of the universe. We're just that in the vast solar system universe. Do you remember the first time you read that? No, I don't because it's so ingrained Mm. into me because I wouldn't have read the book until it had been out for a long time. I think that book came out in 94, maybe, Mm. a few years after that picture came out. But I wouldn't have read any of this stuff until about 10 years later, if at all. So it's just been a part of anything. Because it's always been one of the, you read that, that's the memorable thing. I remember the first time I read it, I was at work. It was 2011. Like, I I came to all this fairly late. But I remember reading it and over, you know, it's that picture with just the white text over it. And... It, like, took the breath out of me. <laughs> it was so, um, 
profound and uh, humbling and all that. So it was just, it, uh, we, we, he was a good one. Good and egg. Good egg. Then, what I also uh, like Carl about Sagan. it, it's not just, I don't know what the personal connection is between the doctor who took her oath mm. and the book. I don't know. Other than she's a fan of the book. Yeah, I presume. But I mean, if you think about it, that, Considering she's running the agency that does unmanned space probes, like the telescopes, mm. think about what that passage in that book represents. It's all about how there is so much we don't know, so much to explore, mm. and why we shouldn't take for granted how lucky we are to have the opportunity to try to answer some of those questions that perplexed our ancestors. For some reason. Which is all the work they do there, right? The thing that kicked, like, just cut me to the quick was everyone you've ever heard of yeah lived here i don't know why that is the thing that like made me feel like the teeniest tiniest tiniest itty bitty it's like thing in the entire world of everybody you've ever heard of yeah it's just your entire history book only in that dot yeah boy outstanding work this is not a good analogy i'm doing this on the fly but like when you think of like the bible and like it covers like everything supposedly Mm. that happens it's like well, if you look on a map, it really covers like, you know, a little dot mm. on the global map as the we see it crescent. today, <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, you're just kind of looking over there. It's yeah. not really the whole world. There's a lot of shit happening in the year zero in all these other, so many point. other parts Especially of the world. Especially when we talk about like a global flood. Yeah. Of, it's so much easier to imagine when a global... When their understanding of the globe... Of the globe <laughs> is like 40 square miles that they can see from where they yeah. are. Like, hey, I can see that filling up. Yeah. But if you look at the pale blue dot... And yeah. be like, or even just like that famous picture, you know, from the moon. And that the thing took, about that just... picture, it yes, obviously it's the pale blue dot, but the fact that there's so much else, else. in the picture, and you don't know anything about to it. Us. Um, Sasha Sagan, Carl's daughter, mm. uh, who is lovely, yeah, posted on Instagram. She saw that picture and she commented, "Ah, this is just thrilling." Oh, good. And I, 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 I will say, saw that. I do appreciate this. Hopefully, trend of people swearing in on books that actually have meaning, not just to them personally, because uh-huh. for some people, the Bible is the book that brings them meaning, but on books that are actually either personally meaningful or relevant to what mm. they do, or, or maybe both. The Constitution, the Declaration right. of Independence. Um, earlier uh, this year, when the new Congress got sworn in, Representative Robert Garcia took his oath on a bunch of objects. Uh, and he wanted to make sure on loan from the Library of Congress, he oh. got a copy of Superman number one. Oh. He took his oath on that because he loved that That's book. That's so sweet. Other people have used a Dr. Seuss book, he law just, books. Didn't he Quran. ran for Congress just so he could have an excuse to touch the Superman Dude, number one? <laughs> as good of a reason as any <laughs> right? these days. Other people have done it on a Hebrew Bible. Like, there's no law requiring people to use the Christian Bible. What would you use? Uh, good question. Never thought about it. Never really? going to happen. So don't no, have to. Well, I mean... Oh, no, I'm getting free publicity. I'm using my book. Uh, which written, one? I don't know. I've never read them. All of them just on a stack? <laughs> right, yeah, just on a stack. <laughs> like, hey, oh, are you getting the pictures? I'm just going to aim the spines <laughs> that way. <laughs> but the point is, they're not all using the Bible. By the way, there's nothing wrong with it. because the Republican hasn't done that yet. Like right? Donald Trump swore yeah. in on his, like, book. Part of the deal. <laughs> there you go. Um... And the it, thing is, like, this is a good trend. You mm, should, it's person, it, mm-hmm. it's your personality shining. And, like, there's nothing that says you got to use the Bible. It's a tradition. Sure. The traditions like that, 
made to be broken. Over the last 10 years, we've learned that traditions mean absolutely fucking (laughs) nothing when it comes to government. Absolutely. Um, You didn't ask me what I would swear in. What would you swear on? Honestly, off the top of my head, I think it would probably be the Phantom Tollbooth because that is the book I've probably read the most. It's my tattoo. And it's my favorite. It's my favorite book, and it's a very, like, um, learning lessons in strange ways, okay. and it's very silly, but but a little bit serious. Yeah, I think that's what I would do. I'm sure I have a better answer if I thought about it. I like, yeah, it's a fun... Tell us what you would yeah, do. Yeah, we should do that. We'll do a little uh, uh, Facebook thing. Sure. Um, okay, this story is a disturbing one. Here's the headline I saw on the Christian Crazy website, Charisma. Um, Christian mom denied adoption for biblical beliefs. And I'm like, well, that seems disturbing. Here you have this lovely looking woman saying that because I'm a Christian, I was not allowed to adopt kids. See, and I'm now, like, that sounds that bad. That sounds like uh, uh, antithetical to the First Amendment. Right? So let's, uh, let's, I didn't, let's I didn't strap like in. that. And then uh, the story is... Uh, it's it's all bullshit, of course. <laughs> here's here's what actually happened. This woman's name is Jessica Bates. She wanted to adopt a child. She actually began the process a year ago, but the Oregon Department of Human Services rejected her application. Why? Because there's a part of their application that says you have to respect a child's gender identity, sexual orientation, oh. and she's like, "Oh no, I'm not signing on to that." Uh, Because the Oregon government basically wants to make sure a foster child, an adoptive child, is their well-being is taken care of. Right. Especially for LGBTQ kids uh, who are likely to be in adoption. The the rate of them being adopted is much higher. If a gay kid's in the foster care system. Yeah, you want to make sure they're taken care of. And she is saying, well, I wouldn't be a supportive parent if they're gay or trans. Do you think she said those words? No, she said, I can't check this box where you say I'm supposed to respect this stuff. (laughs) I I would be a bad parent. That's why I shan't check this box. And the thing is, so I'm reading this. She is suing. She's suing Oregon Oregon. over this. And the lawsuit itself, I'm reading Hmm. through it. And I'm like looking for where they get to the law part of this thing. And it takes a long while because they basically spend all this time trying to do like your emotional side of it. Like, let me tell you her sob story as if that should have any relevance here. And here's what we learn. Like, as the story goes, this is sad. Her husband died in an accident several years ago. Mm. She was left as a widow with five children. Holy shit. And she wants to adopt more. Like, good for her. Wow. Okay. Really? No doubt she's... I mean, whatever. If you want to, all right. Mm. No doubt she's been through personal tragedy. But, like, again, her whole thing is... none of The, the whole thing is none of that matters. Yeah. Because... The point is, I'm sorry she had she, a sad life. I'm sorry she had a sad life, but that's no excuse to mistreat or misgender a child that you want to take in. Lady, maybe you should ruin your own children before you reach out into the community and ruin the rest of them, I'm eh? I'm guessing that's already happened, given her religious Well, beliefs. I just really want her to focus <clears throat> up on her five children, too. But, yeah, like, the law here makes a lot of sense, because yeah. the, the state government no. has, has a rule that says people looking to adopt must accept and support the orientation and identity of any child the state could place in the applicant's home. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you're also supposed to respect their 
uh, traditional beliefs, their ethnicity, sure. where they're coming from. Like, of course you want the child to be able to hang on to their identity in that mm-hmm. sense. Like, the last thing an adoptive child needs is a parent who will bring on additional suffering. Um, here's what the law actually says about prospective foster parents. Um, respect, accept, and support. You have to sign on to this. Support the race, ethnicity, cultural identities, mm-hmm. national origin, immigration status, sexual orientation, wow. gender identity, gender expression, disabilities, spiritual beliefs, and socioeconomic status mm. of a child that you want to take into your home. That's really great that they do that. Right? Yeah, really you would hope that's what they're doing. Um, and you want to make sure that all members of the household, excluding a child, I'm um, sorry, may, they want to make sure everyone in the house does not pose a risk to the safety, health, and well-being needs of a child or young adult. Like, that's it. That's the part and of the law. don't get it twisted. Homophobia is absolutely putting a queer child at risk. Yeah. Like, just, be, just because you're not beating the shit out of your kid does not mean you're not damaging your kid. Right. Right. And she also said, like, she didn't want to participate in any sort of... Uh, uh, what did she actually say? Like, oh, the lawsuit said something like she doesn't want to do puberty blockers or hormone shots. She would not support that. It didn't even talk about that in the law. The law says just respect your trans yeah. kids. Like, use the right pronouns. Respect your gay kids. Don't send them to conversion therapy. I mean, it sounds like they set up a net to catch bad parents when they caught a bad parents. Right. Right? Like, yeah. the system works. And the Oregon is not discriminating That's against surprising. Christians. They're just refusing to place vulnerable kids, mm. already vulnerable kids, in the homes of people who would make their lives worse. Like, putting a child in the home of a bigot is not in anyone's best interest. Yeah. The problem here is that she is saying, well, I'm a Christian. And it's like, honey, they I'm didn't... I'm a Christian bigot. They didn't the say... The best kind of yeah, bigot. <laughs> they did not say they're against you because you're Christian. They're against you because you're a jerk. Isn't this exactly like those things of when somebody says something like pro-gay and somebody comments like, hey, if this is going to be an anti-Christian space and I don't want to be a part of it. And it's like, right. nobody said Christian. We just said <laughs> homophobic. You're so the one that equated the bigotry. dog will holler. Yeah, right? Um, so it's the right call on Oregon's part, like tossing out her application. That's it. She says tra- she's implying trans kids are not going to be respected. So she doesn't get to make the cut. She is not fit to be an adoptive parent. I think when we the should state take her other the five call. kids away. I don't think that. But <laughs> Good luck with I that. I hope none of them are. Like, she reminds me of all those failed athletes who are like, I'm suing a school district because I didn't make the varsity team or something. Like, Is you're that not, a real thing? I, they get mad sometimes. It's like, you're just not good enough. Deal yeah. with it. Yeah. Sorry. That's you're how it works. You're not a good fit for us at this yeah. time. Um, and again, they offered, the lawsuit offered more specifics on her situation. None of it made her seem better. They, they pointed out that she went through the process of becoming an adoptive parent a year ago, and that included going to in-person trainings. And the instructor explained what does that mean in practice? How mm. could parents be uh, support a child's orientation or identity? And she's like, well, I'm going to write this down and do the opposite. Yes, exactly. And she, they said, <laughs> like, offering suggestions off the top of their head, they're like, well, you could let a child dress how they want. You could take them to and a pride parade. Like, That's a no. one way to do it. How you could want. you could put up signs in your home saying like "hate free zone" like some school teachers do, Hate-free right? Has no home here, um, right? And she's like. <gasps> What? And that's but where Jesus she got hates man. trans kids, he told me. Yeah. The training also said you could take your kids to church, that's fine, yeah. but parents should avoid 
forcing kids to attend any activities, including religious activities, that might be unsupportive of who they are. Like, you could take your kids to church, but if they're going to a teen youth Christian thing where they're homophobic and transphobic, no, that's not cool. That's not okay. None of that is controversial, by the way. None of that is anti-Christian. That's just anti-hate, anti-bigot. She's the one linking those together in her mind. Um, so oh boy, that lawsuit is happening. Cool. I don't this know how that plays out. Like, look, money. if you want to harm kids who are LGBTQ, there are plenty of faith-based adoption agencies you can go through. But the, if you want to go through the state, right. they have an obligation to make sure they are protecting kids, right. not offering them up to you sacrificially so you can hurt them with your Jesus stuff. I have a question or like an observance thing. Do you think, it feels like, so when I started writing for Friendly Atheist in 2012, it felt very much like uh, it was a lot of uh, like uh, separation church and state issues where the Freedom From Religion Foundation or whomever was the, were were the ones who are suing, right? Sure. We're suing a... um, That has been going on for a while. Yeah, Yeah. a town hall that they put up a thing. It seems like it always was atheists suing governments, right. whatever. Does it feel like it's sort of flipped the other way? That now I feel like most of the lawsuits we have tend to be Christians suing over not getting their way? I I don't know if the numbers say what you're saying. Anecdotally, I kind of see that, Yeah, too. it's definitely anecdotal. I will say this, though. Because of the makeup of the Supreme Court, 6-3, not in our favor, Uh because so many appellate courts are also leaning conservative so much, I know that a lot of atheist church-state separation groups... They're not suing because they don't want to face this court. They are very picky about which cases they bring forward because they know not only are we going to lose this case in front of... If, let's say, this goes to the Supreme Court, which doesn't happen very often, but like if we lose, I mean... We're going to lose if it gets in front of them. Mm -hmm. But also it could set a precedent that it's bad for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like just because something bad is happening in one state, we definitely don't want to give a judge the opportunity to say, let's have this happen in all the states. So (laughs) actually good idea. Right now, because (laughs) the courts are so conservative, liberals are very careful about what they bring forward and what they sue over. And when they do it, they try to do it strategically. When in the past, if you knew "Eh, it's a Mm 50-50 shot or it's a liberal court, then Christians would be in, the conservative Christians would be in that situation. Um, So maybe, maybe that's an answer, but I I don't know if that's the answer. It sounds like it holds water. It's a good observation. I'll take it. (laughs) Um, It's a compliment. I rarely dole them out. Thank you. Let me jump to, this is probably the last one I want to talk about today, which is a big deal. In Oklahoma, they were considering uh, saying yes to approve a charter school, which functions as a public school, gets taxpayer money. Um, But unlike most charter schools, which have their own problems, this one is a Catholic school. This would have been the first taxpayer-funded public school charter school that is catholic in the country that feels illegal in like three different ways so four different many ways? problems with this so Five? 
some details here. Oklahoma's statewide virtual charter school board. It's a very niche group of people, five members, but they have to approve all these virtual charters. And there's a lot of them, especially in Oklahoma, where it's very rural. So you might have a charter school that says we want to help all these kids. We want to teach them homeschool because we can't get them to. But because it's a rural area and everyone's spread out, we do a lot of virtual schooling. Okay, Okay, fine. Um, And one of the ones that's up for grabs here, one of the ones applying to become a charter school is St. Isidore of Seville Virtual Catholic Charter School, named after like the... Isidore of Seville? I think that's the Catholic uh, guardian angel of like technology or something. Are they confused about the barber of Seville? Yeah, maybe. Um, But anyway, I'm stopping you before the second. So... But so they had to decide this week, are we going to approve this school? Like, basically, wow. are we going to let it pass the first regulatory hurdle? Uh. There's a long way to go, but this is the first big step. Are you going to give it a green light? And, like, you have all sides that have been weighing in on this for months. Obviously, the church-state what separation the crowd, side? crowd. The pro side is, Another well, school? if you allow chart... This is going back to the Supreme Court said, if you... Like, in Maine, they had a voucher program that helps rural students. And the Supreme Court said, well, if Maine is going to allow a voucher program to give taxpayer funds Mm. to private schools, because it's the only way they can make sure every kid has schooling, uh, then you got to let religious schools get in on it. Mm. And that was what these people are citing. They're saying, well, if you allow publicly funded charter schools, you can't say no to us on the basis of religion. That's their defense. Which is... The church-state separation crowd is... Oklahoma's constitution, Oklahoma's state constitution says you can't use public funds for religious purposes. Is it clearly it is stated? very okay. clearly stated. That's called a Blaine Amendment. Oh. And they're saying oh, it's right it in there. Amendment. It has a name. It's in there we don't explicitly. Do amendments anymore. So they're like, you can't do it. It violates your own constitution. Mm. But this is what the board had to decide this week. So like, just... Here's what the problem is with the Catholic school doing this, just to lay out the church-state separation concerns. This school would not require teachers to be certified, because at a Catholic private school, you don't need teachers to be certified. They don't have to accept openly LGBTQ teachers because they violate the Catholic church doctrine. If you're a gay married teacher, they can say no to you. If you're trans, the Catholic church does not believe you exist. Um... There's an open question about what they would do if a student came out as LGBTQ. Yeah. That depends on the school. Um, they would promote Catholic doctrine during school hours. That's part of what they would do. And why are they getting taxpayer Who's funds for that? behind this push? Um, what like, push? Is, there, like, is the Catholic Diocese of Oklahoma? The Archdiocese of, what was it, Oklahoma City? I believe that was the group behind this, yes. Tulsa? Um, the Paris of Oklahoma? Something like that. Um, so people are going to laugh at that haven't and then laugh at you for not getting that very funny joke. Believe it a hundred percent. Then here's another possibility. What if a student becomes pregnant? They could be expelled. Hey, that's a thing the Catholic church does. Well, I mean, let alone fucking charters in general don't accept everybody. So like now they're, uh, and then charter school toss in this fact, this kind of school, a Catholic school would probably not have the resources or much of a desire to take on special needs students. That's what public schools do. Um, and actually they asked, Wait, yeah, they specifically say we're not going to deal with special needs during a presentation in February 
Uh, Laura Schuler, who is the senior director of Catholic education at the archdiocese, was asked about that. And her, like, are you going to do this? Are you going to help special needs kids? And her answer was, that is something we will need to develop. Well, um, especially, you know, kids with all kinds of disabilities are just like there. So it's, Mm -hmm. you sort of have to like, develop your plan. I mean, if they don't have a plan, what that that means is they would be siphoning money from the public schools that actually do take care of those kids and sending it to their school to promote Catholicism and not take care of those kids. That's the bigger concern if you care about education. Jesus said... Oh, I'm sorry. Jesus does not matter in any of this. Go fuck yourself. I think Jesus said, if you have intellectual disabilities, sucks to suck. Yes. In that that tone is what the Bible says. Four, six. Yes. Not even the right book. That's Old Testament, right? I'm going to move on. Why do you talk? So, also. Uh, when they asked the executive director of the Catholic Conference of Oklahoma, his name is Brett Farley, to, about all these concerns, he's like, well, these are all hypothetical situations, so I can't speak to any of them. Like, what about gay teachers? What mm. about trans students? He's like, oh, there are no actual cases in front of me. It's like, dude, Catholic doctrine is all about the hypotheticals, and the Vatican has no problem addressing all of those things. Um, so, anyway. Okay, here's where it gets even weirder, though, because... Last year, they had the support of their attorney general. The Oklahoma attorney general, John O'Connor, last December wrote non-binding opinion, but he released a statement in December saying, uh, you know what? I've looked into this and everything's cool. You could say no yes. You, no notes. You could say yes. He said in an advisory opinion that the state's current ban on publicly funded charter schools being operated by sectarian and religious organizations mm-hmm. uh, and how it could be a violation of the U.S. Constitution and maybe Oklahoma's. He said, uh, it, it's fine. It, I don't, not it's not going to be a problem. I'm not worried. I he, know a guy. Yeah. Uh, he said it should not be enforced. Why does this in one guy state. get to? Because he was the state's attorney general, who would be the person who would have to defend all this stuff. I gotcha. And after he issued that opinion, mm. Americans United for Separation of Church and State warned the virtual charter school board, like, "Hey, you know what O'Connor just said? You should ignore all of that because we actually know the law." Here's what they wrote: This is Americans United. Reclassifying charter schools as private actors would be a sea change in the law that would upend the entire educational landscape would. in Oklahoma. And by the way, a 2007 Oklahoma Attorney General opinion, like actually counted, affirmed that charter schools are part of the public school system. Well, you can't say it's a private school that gets to operate however it wants because it is a public school. Okay. And then more recently, Oklahoma has a state superintendent of public instruction. His name is Ryan Walters. He is a Christian nationalist. And he said, you guys, I'm good with this Catholic charter school as well. Governor Kevin Stitt also supports the proposal. But here's where it gets even weirder. Because last year, before the elections in November, uh, there was actually a primary for Oklahoma's attorney general. And another Republican ran against O'Connor. The other Republican beat O'Connor. And so during that lame duck session when O'Connor was in office, but he's heading out, that's when he issued that advisory opinion. And the new Republican attorney general, his name is uh, Gentner Drummond, 
Uh, he's the guy who won. He released his own statement in February. Guess what he said? Same thing. No. Oh. He said what the Americans United was saying. He said religious liberty is one of our, our most fundamental freedoms. The opinion, as issued by my predecessor, misuses the concept of religious liberty Whoa. by employing it as a means to justify state-funded religion. He wrote, I doubt most Oklahomans would want their tax dollars to fund a religious school whose tenets are diametrically opposed to their own faith. Mm, wow! I don't say this often, but everyone should listen to Oklahoma's Attorney General on this issue. So, like The new one, right? The new one. So the here's what one. you have. You have 2.0. The old school, like, Attorney General saying everything's fine. You have mm -hmm. everyone in Oklahoma's MAGA establishment Republican Party saying, yeah, everything's cool with this Catholic school. I think we're going to get away with it, guys. And then you have the current Attorney General and all the church-state separation people saying, this is a bad idea. And, like, they're not even threatening a lawsuit. They're just saying, we're telling you, this is all against the law. So at this point... And now, this week... That virtual charter school board had to meet because they have a deadline of the end of this month to say yes or no to this application. Okay. And they've done the present your case to us, answer our questions, and they had all that information, and now they got to vote. So that vote was this week. And, like, this, how important is this vote? I'm watching the live stream at some point this week of this Nobody bored wow. because I'm like, what are they going to do? I assume because it's Oklahoma, it's five, nothing. Everyone's going to be like, yeah, we're cool with it. Right. I assume that's how it's going to go. Yeah, because we've lived in the world long enough. Yeah. Looking at the resume too, like one of the dudes on this board is like appointed by Stitt, I think. Like yeah. another one yeah, runs so. a Catholic school somewhere. It's oh, like, perfect. come on. Like, I know how this is going to happen. And as I'm watching it, they're all raising like good questions about their concerns. And one of them was like, okay, let's set aside the legality of the school. Let's say there is a lawsuit over this. Let's say we approve it. Mm -hmm. And then there is a lawsuit. Okay. And it sounds like there's a pretty strong case as to why we should not approve this school. Right. Could we be sued in our personal capacity? Because that has happened in the past. And they're like, I don't want to be sued over... Because their argument is, if our lawyer on this board uh -huh. says, yeah, there are legal reasons you should not do this, uh -huh. and then we vote to say yes anyway, could we be sued personally, be personally for ignoring sued. our lawyer's advice here? Is, like, I don't know how the law works. Is that a possibility? That could be a possibility. Wow. And they were like trying to figure this out. One person specific, the one woman on that board, uh -huh. is like, why am I just finding out now what my options are about this? I'm pissed off that I'm only learning about my options regarding all okay, this right now. Okay, so they now. have been not only, like, obviously, you know, being assholes in general, but they have been, like, I, I will say this. They were not being assholes. They've been attentive to the application process. They haven't weighed in. No, no, I'm sorry. So I'm I don't want to cast any aspersions no, 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 I, on the I'm board. Talking about the, no, no, no. I'm talking about the people who submitted, yes. who submitted the thing. Not only were they, like, trying to get away with this shitty thing to do, but they they knew that they were doing something wrong because they clearly have been. Well, their not argument is we're not doing anything wrong because the law that you're talking about does not apply to us because of recent what, Supreme Court what cases. What is it? This person just said 
what the this person said okay i hear what their argument is the supreme court has made these decisions more recently mm-hmm. that is why it overrides what our state constitutions i know there's a legal oh, argument okay. that the school is making but also it sounds like these other church state separation people are making their cases sure. and also that all, and then there are other issues one of the public commenters bef- like just some people chiming in before they vote was like I'm religious, but I want you to know, like, if you say yes to this school, what are you going to do when Lucian Greaves of the Satanic Temple says, I want to build a charter school? Because you won't be able to say no to him, literally cited the Satanic Temple. Wow. Like, you had, by the way, I listened to and the public there comments. They, there was only comments, no oh, responses. Oh, I see, I see. Every commenter said, this is a horrible idea. Every single one of them. <sighs> so, like... But, I mean, let's not <laughs> confuse it because public opinion doesn't always influence politicians, right. ironically but enough. But they listen to all those people. I and think, truly, the, the personal lawsuit is the only thing that's going to sell them. I'm telling you, the body language of that woman, she was so pissed to know that, like, what are your legal options here? And the answer wasn't great or uh-huh. whatever. And so, after hours of discussion, they voted 5 nothing. Not to 100% reject the application, okay, but to reject it as is. Okay. Surprise, but wow. Okay. Good. Rejected as is, which buys them some time now. Now, the application goes back to the Catholic school board, the people trying to get this application through, and the board raised like six or seven different concerns that they said, you need to answer these questions for us before we take a final vote Ooh, do we have on questions? your application. In general, some of them were technical. How are you going to address special education? Um, how is your board managed? Because we looked at your application. There's some technical stuff that they're like, I don't think this works. Are charter schools legally obligated in Oklahoma to take on special special ed kids? Uh, it's a good question that I don't have the answer okay. to. I, I'm just curious. Um, I, they I also wanted to know, like, one of the questions they wanted to throw in at the end there, why do you think you're on the right side of the law? I want it in writing. Because, like, if if we get sued over this, we are 100% blaming you. Can we talk about asking straightforward questions and (laughs) how sexy that is? Oh, it's great. So, basically, they've rejected the application. It goes back to the board. They now have, like, I think a month to get it back. But once they get those answers, they will still have to take a vote on this charter school. They've delayed the inevitable Mm -hmm. for good reason. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, no matter what they do, and they, they made a point of saying this out loud, no matter what they do... They know there's going to be a lawsuit over this. The chair of the board, I will give them credit. I think these were like five Republicans uh. and like three of them I don't even know. On paper, they look like people who would 100% say yes to the board, uh, the school. I got to say, listening to the board meeting, I'm like, they're all saying and asking the right questions. Okay. Even the guy who seems to say, like, he seemed in favor of it. He's like, I just want to do my job as the board chair. Truly. So I'm trying to manage this meeting. Like, I was pleasantly delighted yeah. watching love, that meeting. I love that. Because when I, I, I talk a lot about people being, like, intellectually honest about things. Yeah. And that's genuinely what I look for in a person. Like, people can have different opinions than mine. But I, I hope that they're coming to those opinions in a way that has, so, like, I can relate to and understand. So I... And, you know, if they disagreed with me, I would appreciate the fact that they were actually asking pressing questions yeah. instead of, like, what the GOP does uh, to Mike Kavanaugh. To Brett uh, Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, good for them. Good here's, for them. The bar is low, but they cleared it. I wanted to see answered. If having this school was so damn important to the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City, mm. like, 
why not just open up your own private school? That's what that, that's what Catholic schools are, right? Good like, point. why not why just do it? Why did they need Oklahoma State funding? The Catholic Church said, uh, "Well, one, we don't have the money for it, which is <laughs> laughable." Um, you've got um, a couple spare thrones, but also they said there are them. other free virtual schools that get taxpayer funding. There are public schools in Oklahoma, virtual schools, Uh that do get taxpayer funding. And basically, they could not convince anyone, they would not be able to convince anyone to go to their school and pay money or anything because there are free options. They could not give give a Catholic education because other free charter schools that are virtual... Do have uh, They get... No, they get public funding and like... They want to have their Catholic education and make, and I think they would take tuition too, but oh, like they would get taxpayer funding, like whatever. They just said we couldn't compete. We can't compete against free virtual charter schools. Well, if we were, if we were a private Catholic school that charges tuition and does all the stuff we do, why would anyone come to us? Because you have a bad business model. Are you well, just too. discovering so this saying, now? We You're want a so- charter school so no one has to pay tuition. These motherfuckers for a century have been charging people for something that everybody else gets to, gets for free, a.k.a. K-12 education, and they're just now concerned that their business model, which, to be clear, is... Yeah, you can do this pretty good thing for free, but here's this much, much, much worse thing. And you can pay <laughs> as much as a college education for it, right. motherfuckers. And your kid is going to leave here not understanding math or history. <laughs> that right. is the guarantee. There, there are some really good Catholic schools. They're few and far between, but that's the thing. Like, So their argument is, well, we can't charge tuition because the good stuff already exists for free. And we just want to do the thing everyone else do you think is already that's a doing. Good yeah, I don't get the argument. Now, um, here's the most interesting part this of all like of a this cancel culture thing <laughs> of like, you guys won't pay me for a thing. That's against my personal rights. Like, no, dog. Yeah. Like, just because you came up with this little business plan does not mean that like the world is obligated to fold itself so you can make it happen. Which is what no one wants to say to Elon. What is going okay. What's the titter thing? What is uh, that? We'll talk about it in bonus. Okay. Here's the best part about this. I said all those public commenters at that meeting spoke mm. against the Catholic school uh-huh. and the board voted five nothing to delay their vote on mm-hmm. the Catholic school. There was one person at this meeting who really wanted them to approve it right then and there. And it was Ryan Walters, the state superintendent of public instruction, who is a really? mega cultist who has been, oh. who only loves culture war issues and hates actual public schools. Sure, who But doesn't? he spoke up at the meeting, and of course the board here is like, well, we have a state official who's sitting at our table here. Right. All right, go ahead and speak. I'm going to quote what he said here. Um, You've heard from some radical leftists that their hatred for the Catholic Church blinds them from doing what's best for kids. Their hatred for the Catholic Church has caused them to attack our very foundation of religious liberties in attacking this school. Goes on like this for a little while. And he's basically saying all those public commenters who politely explain why giving public money to a religious institution was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. He's like, there are radical leftists who hate the church. The chair of the board, a guy who I think wants to approve this school, had to chime in afterwards. And he's like, 
I'm going to respectfully say I didn't hear any radical leftists and I didn't hear anyone express any hatred for the Catholic Church. Like, Ryan Walters chimed in to try to steer this thing in his favor, and I think he made everything worse. Because at that point, everyone on the board is like, well, I don't know what I was going to vote before, but like, I don't want to go along with what you just said. Yeah, I mean, it really... I I feel like he tried to, like, gaslight everybody in front of them, (laughs) and they were like... No, that isn't what happened, though, is a thing, right? Man. Like, he, it seems like he was like, you guys, you guys if, remember when those scary atheists were yeah. here? You guys remember the communists who were threatening me? If they were on the fence about it, after his little speech, I think they were 100% like, I can't, because if that means you get what you want, I do not want to go along and with it. And what you are willing to do to get what you want, like, yeah. that isn't... Isn't promising. I will say listening to the meeting, like a lot of those board members, even if you take aside the legal issues, Mm. like I don't think they seemed enthusiastic about moving forward. And I think what will happen in the course of a few weeks, Mm. the Catholic school is not going to have a good legal answer for why they think they're on the right side of this issue. Mm. And I think because to read those letters, yeah, because of a mix of the legal concern, Mm -hmm. like you got to go with what you think is under the law and the law in Oklahoma State law says, no, you can't give money to religious, uh, taxpayer money for religious to promote religion. They're going to be like, well, the legal case is against us. The ethical case, because these people don't seem like they know what they're doing, which was another concern that was brought up at this meeting. Like, their application has flaws. Like, just putting aside the Catholic thing, their application as a charter school sucks. You know what this feels a a little like is... um Though all the anti-abortion bills that that were like the trap laws, based not yeah. the trap laws, that's not what it was. Uh, uh, trigger laws. Trigger laws. Um, of okay, these trigger laws are going to hit into effect, and the law is like nobody with a viable pregnancy can cause their pregnancy to end. And doctors are like, well, this is fucking nothing. Like this is not anything I can. What does this mean? This is just some dude who like blindfolded himself and like typed away on his iMac. <laughs> right. I, I, I feel like it's very similar to this, of like the second somebody pulls, really like these kinds of things, these sort of like grandstanding, we need Christianity everywhere, the guy kneeling in, in his high school football game or whatever. Yeah, Bremerton, the yeah. Kennedy dude. It's really all of, uh, it's just showing us that these people just think they can do Whatever they want. And if one person had asked one intelligent question about this Bremerton story, I think this sort of, like, or if the um, initial people who, like, saw the story, whoever, like, the jury or whomever, had this sort of bigger concept of what's going on around the country of like, oh, this is happening all over the place that Christians just want to do whatever the fuck they want. And if anybody tells them they can't do any certain Hmm. thing... They're gonna get, you know. Yeah, get when you got. hit judges who are all on your side, yeah. you're not trying to make a case. I mean, remember yeah, the yes. Supreme Court decision in that case? They're all like, he was just doing private prayers, and Sonia Sotomayor's dissent is like, here's he a picture super of him. Wasn't. Here's all the people surrounding him. It ain't private. He hello wasn't. Anyway, um, so I hope this Oklahoma school board does the thing. I thought 100% they were gonna go along with it. I, I, yeah. I remember I was writing this article as it's happening. 
And then I'm like, well, what are they going to do? Uh, you know what? They're going to, of course, they're going to approve it. I'll write it up as if they approved it. Like a politician writing a concession yeah. speech and yeah. a victory speech. <laughs> I wrote up the, well, of course they approved it. And yeah. then I'm like, I don't oh, know. Gotta edit. And then I'm like, oh, shit. They said the other thing. Yeah. I mean, they delayed and it. And it was but unanimous, you said? It was unanimous to okay. delay it for now, get more answers from the school, and then decide. And then I hope they say no, because they should say no. I mean, if, let's say it worked. Let's mm-hmm. say they said yes to the school, and this Catholic school opens up as a publicly funded charter school. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, the floodgates that that would open. Because oh now every Catholic school is going to demand the ability to operate as a publicly funded charter school. Other religions, evangelicals, are going to open up their own private schools and say, oh, give us your tax dollars. Public schools will suffer because they're losing money because not only are some kids leaving, mm. the money that they need to run their schools. And who's left out? The people who need those dollars right. to do special needs education, mm-hmm. um, helping marginalized kids, all that stuff goes by the wayside. So it's just a horrible... Just, I mean, this is the argument you can make for charter schools in a lot of cases in general, but for a private religious school, too, there's no reason to mix the two. Just a horrible idea. Yeah, that's bad. Bad, <sighs> bad, 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 bad. I'll stop there. What do we have going on in the bonus episode today? Oh, I... You know what? I started with a very short list and it got longer. Um, I'm going to tell you a story about Brooke Shields, which is a Bloomkey family legend that just came home to roost this past weekend um uh, it truly is one of the wildest things that ever happened to me um that's my brooke shield story uh i was gonna talk about scotty our new horse but despite say he's the best and i'm obsessed with him uh, don't write that down um cross out <laughs> uh the newest season of taskmaster um beep bop, boop oh okay so the big ones I definitely want to talk about are Brooke Shields and this story about a uh, waitress from the restaurant I go to on Monday nights. Okay. Um, I want to talk about Chicago hosting the DNC. Yeah, I saw you write that now, and I'm excited to, to chat about that because I don't know what it dinner. means. Um, oh, and I wore I looked like an undercover cop all day today. Uh, and also, this isn't going to be a bonus thing, but I just wanted to point out the um, I was visiting my folks in Wisconsin over the weekend, and my dad insisted that we watch as a family the concession speech from that judge and how shitty it was. Oh. We sat down as In a Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Dis- ungraceful, <sighs> un- no gratitude. No gratitude. He 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 says he does Daniel not Kelly. Res- Daniel Kelly. He says he doesn't respect it. Like, I wish I had a honorable opponent to concede to. It's so sour grapes. Even my dad described it as toxic masculinity, <laughs> which, gang, gang, you don't know how far Man. we've come. Um, but truly, I just, it, it's so That is wild. a good family viewing Because my dad's like, you haven't seen it? I was like, no, I don't <laughs> like, like that bullshit. He's like, no, 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 you need to watch it. And yeah. so I like tried to find it, and we're like, no, 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 it's on the TV. We're putting it on the TV. Anyway, <laughs> that was the end good of that times. story. Um, you can always find us on, where? Go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast mm-hmm. to support this show. You could find me at Hemant Meta on uh, Titter. Uh, you can also email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I don't think we have any new... Did I do the Bees Knees one? Sure. Uh, I think you did. Um, okay. You can leave us reviews on the iTunes. Uh, yeah, and here, here's the Bees Knees. This is a, uh, um, a comment from Air Squeeble. 
Um, five stars. Do bees? It's called the bees knees. Do bees have knees? Listen to this wonderful podcast, and that will remain unanswered. <laughs> <laughs> you know we are not a science show. But what you will get is ex- is an exceptional podcast that covers current events with a more rational approach. The only this is the only atheist podcast I quote religiously eh, listen to uh, listen to still because by covering current events it stays fresh. The hosts are both knowledgeable and funny. Oh, she thinks you're funny. Oh, that makes one person in my life orbit. Definitely not me. (laughs) Can't overstate how much I enjoy the show because rather than hear people debate about what 2,000-year-old God said through an interpreter, I get to hear about (laughs) that deity's followers are affecting my daily life. Thanks again. Five stars. That is a... You get Outstanding it. Outstanding review. I like that. Thank they get you, the Air show. Squeeble. That was really good. I cannot tell you how many times I, people will ask me, hey, can we interview you for whatever, our podcast uh-huh. and stuff? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. And then they're surprised. And I'm like, I don't want to debate God with any of you. And they're all like, oh. What? Really, like, have you you haven't heard the show ever? It really, you haven't read anything I've ever written because I don't waste my time doing it. It truly is a thing I often and then I have send to them to Matt Dillahunty, and I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> this pissed. is what you're looking for. Yeah, go hang out with Dillahunty. He'll argue with my you. email address. That's so <laughs> funny. Is Matt at? <laughs> Oh, boy. I mean, truly, I like, don't tell him in advance. I'm just like, here here's you who you're looking for. Here's his address. Here's no, a funnel. Here's his <laughs> I kid. Like when I tell people about what I do, I'm I don't like, respond to emails. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't give a shit about, like, what people believe in. I just affa- care how it affects people. And people are like, mm, that doesn't seem right. Anyway, should we go so we can We'll do, do the bonus. It's we'll talk to you. 30 p.m. Wow. What are we doing here? All right. See you at the bonus. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. See you soon.